When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Lee Vowell and Todd Vandenberg. And hey, welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast. We talk Seattle Seahawks sports on this. Seattle Seahawks sports, really? Football, it's football. Seahawks, Seahawks. See? Uh, English football team. I see. You say? SEC? No, it's uh, they're in the NFL. NFL. Yeah, NFL. Mm. So I'm Lee. That's uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, have a have a good day. Was that the letter? Was that was that was that the letter Kenny edition? That's funny. I was I didn't even know if you'd pick up on that. I just about said yeah. We'll just pretend it's letter Kenny and talk really fast. <laughs> um. So, anywho, Letterkenny had its final season. Um, just came out the 26th. Do you, uh, living in Canada, this show is going to be all about Letterkenny because why would we talk about week 17? That's horrible. Yeah. Um, Letterkenny, it comes out on, um, oh man, what's the name of that? I don't know if it's a network. It starts with a C. C S T C T V C P L. Maybe it's just a production company that's putting it out. There's lots of but, C networks up here. Yeah, this one like does Letterkenny and I know did, I know uh, it's, I know it's not CSN because that's the Canadian sports. Yeah, it's not, it's not right. It's not that one. They did um, they did uh, Schitt's Creek and that one, and they've done CBC. Uh, yeah, I think it's a production. Anyway, let's move on. People are like, why are they talking about this? So the Seahawks lost in in week uh, 17 uh, to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, defense held up really well. This is completely because of Geno's fumble that the team lost. You know, I, I will take full blame for this because he posted a question on Facebook, trademark meta, whatever the hell they call it this week. And it was, uh, X meta. Is the, is the defense going to X meta? Is the, Hey, that's X meta. 97 is going to be in Disney plus this year. Um, I think it's a character on Loki. <laughs> It should be no longer played by a certain actor who we won't name because he's going to jail. Uh, 
Anyway, yeah. Tom it's like, oh, is, is Seahawks? Yeah, Tom Hiddleston's going to jail. And uh, for being too damn sexy. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, oh, is the defense for real? And it's like, mm, it's two games. It's kind of hard to tell. And it's like, oh, God, I wish I'd shut my freaking mouth because, damn. No, I, I think the question I made, uh, the, well, it was an open-ended question, but I think it was even worse than being real. I think I said, is it fixed? Yeah, is it fixed? Yeah, worse. that was it. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and it's it was fixed, but like you know, cats and dogs are fixed. Like Bob Barker fixed them. So yeah, I mean, literally that defense was neutered. I mean, oh my god. Yeah, I so I had a question on Seattle sports about like players who had, and I apologize if I still have a cough. I've I've been like Jamal Adams for this podcast over the last two months. I I rarely show up. I'm not that good when I do. So I apologize if I start coughing. You're coughing um, out of your knee? That's weird. Co- coughing out of my knee. Ooh, that would be a, that's a weird visual. <laughs> um, but they ask, like, which Seahawks defenders actually played well at all uh, in Week 17. And and I thought, well, Leonard Williams played okay. wasn't his fault. I mean, he had both quarterback hits. He had the sack. Um, yeah, Leonard Williams did play okay. Devin Witherspoon didn't play horribly. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, he had the one sack or the one tackle where you throw the guy down. He wasn't yeah. perfect, but he also wasn't horrible. He wasn't Reek Woolen. Yeah, he wasn't Reek Woolen. He wasn't Reek Woolen. But even Spoon didn't play well, really. I mean, and he, he's a pro bowler and a legit pro bowler. He should be. But yeah. he didn't play well. well. But it's yeah, funny Reek if you look at pro like football focuses awful. grades, though. Jaron Reed and Leonard Williams had good grades. And I'm like, did you watch again? Yeah, I know. That's what I'm thinking. It's like. As we were talking in prepo, hi Ted, how you doing, uh, Mister? And I do mean Mister. KJ Wright was on Brock and Sock, and he was talking about they were talking about the the problems with the run game, and you know if it's an issue of if they don't trust the talking about the defensive line, if they don't trust the scheme, if they're just not able, because he said it's like yeah X and O's that's perfect. Cause Pete was talking about the X's and O's. He said he said that's the the definition of stopping the run game, but it's like you got to just go out and whoop somebody. Yeah. Whoop the guy across me, and they're not doing it. And then, and the question is, is it the scheme doesn't allow them to do it? They don't believe in the scheme. They're not capable of doing. You know, what's the issue? And when you give up that many yards rushing, there's no way you can give Jaron Reed and Leonard Williams good grades. You just can't. You can give them grades that aren't as abysmal as most of the rest of the team. Absolutely true. But I mean, that's where the run game starts. And yeah. They just didn't get it done. And and I. Jaron Reed has had a really good season overall, right? Yeah, but I, inconsistently, we, but over, like you said, overall yeah. a good season. But I think the the issue is, we were talking about that when it first started. Is he undersized? And and I, in today's NFL, he's undersized. For no, he, Al Woods. They need a guy that size. They need a guy who's 340 pounds who can play. They just need. They can't just throw out some guy who's 340 pounds and is out there like I would be. Like, oh, look, there's a 340-pounder flat on his back like a turtle because he got smoked. He's just not big enough to handle that position. Like, he's playing out of position. He's In a lot of ways, he's having a phenomenal season, the, the quarterback pressures, right? But he needs to be on the edge, or they need to go back to a 4-3. And I know a lot of times they do play kind Which, of a – Yeah, and they have lately. I mean, But had... they don't have – a monstrous guy in the middle. They're depending on. Yeah, but even last year they had Al Woods and, and Puna Ford and all those guys who were supposed to be run stoppers, and but, they weren't any better last year. 
but Puna Ford's undersized for the position too. Well, yeah, but he was, and he did play a little bit nose, but they, they had Al Woods last year. I, I guess my point is you're not, you're not wrong in what you're saying. I just feel like it's at this point. It's more than that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's a coaching issue. I mean, you don't just show up to the NFL. I mean, you should and be a know how to tackle, but you don't just stop learning how to tackle when you're in the NFL. Tackling technique is a coaching issue, and they just yeah. are horrible at it. Yeah, and they've gotten progressively worse. It's like, yeah. and one thing, one thing I, I mentioned, soft plug here, uh, in one of the few articles soft I wrote, plug, yeah. so, ew, soft <laughs> plug for that letter Kenny feel. By the way, she did debut on Crave. That was the uh, network. Crave. That's what I was thinking. Of, yeah. <laughs> anyway, is that a is that a channel? That's a Canadian. It's like an HBO type thing. It's a oh, okay. streaming service up and it's a very popular it's, service and it's quite a bargain too. Uh, it's, we'll it's talk weird about that because just to throw this in, uh, it, like when it comes out here, all the episodes are available all at once. Boom on the 26 on Hulu. Yeah. But I think they only play it week by week in, uh, in Canada. It's a country to the North. I'm not sure if you know anything Cana- about Canada, Canada, Canada. Yeah. Sorry. Arcadia, Canada. Yeah. Arcadia, Canada. Anyway, uh, they missed, according to PFF, and it's weird looking at the I, I I look pay less attention to the grades on Pro Football Focus than the stats because they yeah, have stats that other places don't have, but the stats often don't match up, which is odd. Yeah. They showed 20 missed tackles in that game, and I think uh, I don't off the top of my head I think uh, Pro Football Reference showed 13. I'm going with 20 in this case. There are yeah. probably 50. Actually, but, well, they they don't. It stops at twenty because they don't expect any team to ever have more than twenty. <laughs> so it was probably more like like fifty, like you said. But the, uh, they, everyone stopped counting. Everyone's talking about the missed tackles, and I get that. But the weird thing is, no one's talking about the number of assists they had in that game. And you shouldn't have a lot of assists because the first guy should stop the ball carrier. Unless you're Devin Bush, who had what seventeen tackles and eleven 14. or twelve of them. Yeah, four. I think he had like fourteen assists, which is or. Yeah, it was just ridiculous, yeah. and it's and it's good gang tackling. Yeah, that's a that's a good thing. At least if on the football field it is, but if you if it consistently takes more than one guy to stop the ball carrier, that's not a good thing. They had far <laughs> more. You look at I'm, I'm laughing because I'm stats. remembering that touchdown run right at Pittsburgh where right uh, Rick Wollum had a good view of it while he was watching everybody while he was pushed. watching while he was watching. You know, and and a couple people, a couple people who have uh, criticized Bobby Wagner for getting bowled over is like Bobby Wagner did not bowled get bowled over by Najee Harris. He had him stood up, yeah. straight up, and immediately two other Steelers were behind him pushing the pile forward. Yeah, and, and, some and other, Jason Kelsey of the Eagles. Yeah, apparently, and and there were some Seahawks that came in to help, but they're coming in from the side. Yeah, there no one, literally no one came in directly opposite so all the momentum like yeah but it's going what really south, pissed me off it went that, northwest. what pissed me off about that play though was the his momentum was stopped and he didn't he didn't right. move the ball back to to the other guy i'm assuming it became a rugby game so that the other guy yes, could pick it, it up and run that's exactly what it was it was a rugby scrum and yeah. pittsburgh they didn't blow the whistle and pittsburgh yeah. was like this is a rugby play right now so they just yeah. pushed everything forward which is exactly what you do but yeah. it's like at some point first of all reek well man <laughs> I, yeah. I mean we we like the guy right and we stood up for him but that play, get in there, dude. Can't, yeah just even if you're not going to stop the guy 
get in there. Otherwise, you just yeah. What are you doing otherwise? Try Seriously. try to knock the ball loose, dude. Yeah. Do something. Maybe he was afraid he would get stiff armed by the guy in the middle of the rugby scrum or something. <laughs> yeah. So, so but, I can get posterized twice in one game. But that was that to me that was the issue. Is like Wagner didn't get run over by Harris. Wagner got run, run over by like a third of the Steelers team. Yeah. You know there were five, I think six, five or six Steelers pushing that pile. Yeah. And there were and there were two other Seahawks in on that. Didn't that used to be against the That's rules it. though? Didn't yeah. that happen with the was the Dolphins and Raiders in the seventies and that kind of thing? It used to be against the rule. Now it's like, yeah, no problem. It's just like push yeah. the pile. Like, which is which is sense. the tush push. I mean, the the, yeah, yeah. the NFL's like, oh, we, we don't Sounds see anything up. wrong with it right now. It's like, well, it's it is unfair. Yeah. I mean, it it's is. an unfair it's advantage stupid. for the offense. Well, then, not that the NFL cares about that because oh, no. it's fifteen yard penalty for this, but for the oh, uh, well, the, the defense, NFL, it's only the five NFL. on the offense. The NFL changes the entire structure of the playoffs because they they can't figure out when a player reports and is eligible. Right. You know the whole it, debacle it was, in Detroit. I agree with what I agree with what you're saying. It was weird that both players went over there, but it was like, and there's the issue was they were saying the other guy reported first, but it was like he didn't. No, he didn't report. That's the thing. Right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. They both. It was confusing, but the official just should have. Yeah, I mean that's just and they they it wasn't just that this week. I mean they've been bad no, no, no. all year long. All year this long. weekend was a mess. Yeah, and, and again, as, as so many people, and including us, have said, people who actually matter, like maybe it's time to actually hire full timers instead of part time insurance guys, yeah, or part time plumbers or part time lawyers or what. Like it doesn't matter what their or day job is. Part time lovers, as Stevie Wonder might say. Indeed, maybe that would be that a better Stevie deal. Wonder, right? I'm not making that up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was. Anyway, yeah, that it was an absolute disaster, and I, and they I, still I'm, lost by seven. And, and the frustrating thing about that to me is the game didn't never felt like it was a seven point game. Steelers were in charge the whole yeah. time, and and Carroll yeah. Carroll made a uh, you know on his Monday morning show. It can, first of all, he said, "Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure that." about the third downs is problems like okay but he doesn't know how to fix it period yeah, um yeah. which is a which is a bad problem um that's a big he, problem he also pointed out he's like yeah we fixed you know in the second half the steelers only had 2.6 yards a part of that was because they started so deep in seattle territory they didn't need to have long explosion they were just picking up first down it was that yeah. that's that's misleading for carol to say that's not the same i'm first of all some of that was at the end of the game too it's like it's you can't yeah. take that same yards per run. The the situation that they're running in is completely different. Yeah, this is the second game this that I can think of this year that the opposing team took seven points off the board from themselves because they just like they, they applied the mercy rule and said, "I oh, will just run off the clock yeah. when they easily could have scored another touchdown." And, that's, and the other, that's one of the reasons why it doesn't feel like a seven because it wasn't a seven point loss. No, it legit it was, should have been fourteen at least. Yeah. And and the other thing was, and I was joking earlier about Geno Smith's fumble. Anybody, I, I yeah. saw on social media, media uh, Geno Smith's fumble. Dude, the guy is balling out. He yeah. hit, literally, the offense can do very little else than other what they're doing in games like this. They get the ball. They are dominated. And even, uh, no, it was Geno Smith because I wrote an article about it saying, yeah, the other team. He didn't mean to diss the right. defense, but he said, oh, they're playing keep away. Well, they're playing exactly, keep away because the are. defense isn't getting them off the field. So the yeah. offense has fewer times they can score. And the offense is, 
yeah, maybe they could be better in the red zone and score more touchdowns, but they're still scoring yeah. on the majority of their drives. And Geno Smith was not how anybody can look at that game. Oh, Geno Smith. You mean the guy who, who has the pocket awareness to only get sacked one time and is moving. Right. If that's Drew Locke, he gets sacked four or five times. Right. And, and what, no what offense kills, to Drew Locke. What kills me most about that, like you said, so many people blame that loss on Geno, which is like, hey, one guy, one guy. It was on it was on the 12 man rising thing. It was, uh, actually, it wasn't. It was on a different uh, Facebook thing. It's like, eh, what kind of changes would you make? It's like, you know, I really like this player. Like, so he's enlisting all these players on defense he likes, which is cool. I like the job some of the rookies are doing. He says, but we really need to replace Gino and Drew because they're mediocre. And they're like, pretty sure yeah, that Gino's neither of those guys, QBR neither, in the league, neither of those play defense. And look at the defensive statistics. Other than sacks, which is a bizarre anomaly. The Hawks are ranked bottom five in virtually every defensive category. Yeah. And yet, and, the, and, and the like you said, you it's getting worse. On, and the people you focus on, they're dead last in, in rushing yardage allowed. Dead last. And, and, and yet, oh, Geno Smith is the problem. It's like there's a reason they call that a blind side sack. Not one freaking person who's blaming Geno for the loss, which is absolutely stupid. Yeah. No one has mentioned, oh, Charles Cross didn't do his freaking job. He just like waved the yeah. gate, which is why he got sacked. It's like, yeah, Cross yeah, has been pretty good this year, but yes, he but got he whiffed on that. And absolutely. it was nothing Gino could have done. Like, some people are saying it's like, oh, he should have gotten bit rid of the ball. Yeah, he could have gotten rid of the ball quicker, but he shouldn't have had to because his freaking left tackle, who was drafted as high as he was to do the damn job, didn't do it. And. Is every player going to do his job every time, single time? No. My my issue isn't with Charles Cross. He messed up once. He's messed up more than once. But the issue is people absolving him, not even acknowledging that he didn't do his job. And they say, oh, Gino should – like, what the hell is Gino supposed to do when he doesn't see the guy coming, when he trusts his player to do his job? And he didn't. Like, yeah. how stupid are you that you think this is on Gino? Like, oh, my God. I mean, that seed that he threw to JSN in the end zone was he made he made several great throws in the game. No, that no, no, no. Gino didn't make any good. Come on. I mean, I'm sorry. Drew Locke, when he came in looking like Gino, threw several great passes. And then that run he had to escape and picked up 26 yards. Even that <laughs> yeah. one pass that could have been an interception, it yeah. hit Tyler Lockett right in the chest. I, I don't know what is going on with. Yeah. Lock it. And no offense to Lock it, but he Jason needs the ball more than Tyler Lockett does at this at point. At this point, yeah. At this point he does. But yeah, the tackling Yeah, I, Tyler Lockett can't tackle either. He's horrible at it. I've I've, I've been hesitant to write this because I don't know how I want to write it, but I'm gonna write it. And it's like I'm not sure. <laughs> to what, let the anger know. subside. No, no, it's like whether whether or not uh Pete Nick Carroll needs to be replaced. And and Here's a here's a sneak peek. A long time ago, Bill James, as in Bill James, not the, the coach uh, of the Patriots, not the 18th century uh, baseball player, 19th century, whatever, 17th century baseball player. He's, he's ahead of his time. Uh, I'm the only a, guy out here. <laughs> wrote an article. <laughs> he's, he's Bugs Bunny against the uh, Maulers. Um, he wrote an article talking about how baseball management changes, and typically they'll go from an easygoing coach to a hard ass and it works for a few seasons and then players get tired of the hard ass 
And then they go back to an easygoing coach and it works for a few seasons because now they respond to supportive stuff rather than what the hell is wrong with you. And you see that yo-yo going back and forth and it, it often happens. Pete obviously is not a hard ass. Are they responding to the practices? Clearly not. Maybe they need a hard ass to come in and say, listen, you got to tackle. Or no, Pete himself said, like he called back to John Wood and it's like, you know, the bench is a coach's best friend. Rick Wollin was benched for a game, basically. Came back in, played a good game. Uh, unfortunately, that only lasted for one game because then he got <coughs> uh, smoked against the Steelers. But <coughs> maybe they need someone to come in and say – and talking about as a head coach or like as a, as a head coach because the only reason also in miami no i mean it didn't work against the ravens but the ravens are pretty good <laughs> they smoke yeah. about everybody yeah they do. um but you know with and with the dolphins they have mike mcdaniel who you know he he's fairly laid back. i mean he cusses a lot but he, he's fairly laid back right right he's not a hard ass but you got vic fangio as the dc who is kind of a hard ass right and it just makes you wonder if like and, and McDaniel, obviously, there's a, uh, the difference is he's an offensive coach and, and not a defensive yeah. coach, whereas Carroll's defensive coach. But it makes you wonder if, like, Carroll just were to let go of Clint Hurt and get somebody like Vic Fangio, not Vic Fangio, but right, somebody but, like but, that. But, yeah, that's a possibility, too, is just bring in someone who's just – because uh, the offense needs to be fixed, too. There's issues with the offense, like the third down, yeah, like you I said, agree. right? Yeah. Yeah. The red zone's not great third down, like you'd mentioned before. It's like Waldron hints at being creative and can do it short at short bursts, but not <laughs> right. over the whole game. It's very yeah. strange. Yeah, when he gets when he gets praise for being creative, and I praise him for being creative at times as well, right? But it's at times, uh, like, dude, do it all the time. Yeah. You know why? Why do we occasionally see these? Oh, that's a really cool play. It's like, and I get that you can't dial up. They're not trick plays, but you can't dial up these more unusual plays all the time because then they're going to stop. But do it more than once a season. Yeah. You know, like the, you know, the play like the week before Parkinson scores and says he's been waiting for that. thing. He's been waiting for them to call that play the entire time he's been in Seattle. Like, why did it take? Yeah. 15 games into his what is this? His third season? His fourth season, right? His, or he's his, a free agent after this year. Yeah, it's certainly his second season as a meaningful contributor. So it yeah. took them 30, some 32 games at least, 33 games to call a play where they could utilize this guy's talent. Oh, no, that's your. Yeah, really? I mean, well, th- really? technically he's been fairly after his rookie season, his production started to go up. So technically it's yeah. more like 50 games. Yeah, but even well, that. You, the guy no still sense. shows up day one. Well, day one, yeah. he's, he's hurt early, right? First right. year he came in and had a foot injury. But after yeah. that, it's like, oh, this guy's six seven. I wonder how we can use him. And with long arms, which is how he caught that touchdown pass, which is and, what Gino was supposed to do. He didn't throw a high where the guy could knock it down. He threw it to yeah. the body of Parkinson. And again, this is praise for Gino. I'm sorry for everybody who hates Gino. But he <laughs> threw it to the body of Parkinson, who was able to reach out with his long arms and catch the ball, which yeah, is what you should do. Like and, a basketball player. And trusted him to be able to make the play by then turning and shielding the ball with his body, which is exactly what he did, which is exactly what you expect to tie. He had Lambeer all over him. Um, <laughs> I, um, Up and down the court every night. <laughs> and the other the other thing that bothered me with Carroll is 
He probably could handle I, so it. So when I'm watching the game and they they score, yeah. and there's two oh one left, I I'm sitting here mm-hmm. watching it and I said, you know, I'm watching it with two other people and I said they need to. The, uh, Pittsburgh's lining up for the onside kick. I'm said they don't need to onside kick it. They just need to kick it into the end zone. Right. Uh, I wasn't even thinking out of bounds, which has been mentioned before. But out of bounds is it's like okay. I mean, which you the, wrote about, the, which makes sense. Yeah, but either way, no time runs off the clock. Right. There's there's no stoppage of time. So what happens is the Steelers get the ball. The, the Seahawks had burned a terrible timeout. They even Carroll said, "Yeah, we just looked at it wrong, basically." Yeah. Um, and I was like, "That's that's horrible. Don't don't ever mention that. <laughs> just say, oh yeah, we got bad information. Don't say we looked at it right. That, I mean, you blew yeah. a timeout unnecessarily. Yeah. So they had two timeouts in the two minute. So theoretically, if they'd kicked it deep. The whole thing backfired on them. But if they kicked it mm-hmm. deep into the end zone, which Myers had done the first four times of the game, because they were right. saying, oh, Jason Myers, you know, we weren't sure. He, he had during the game. First of all, and he's an NFL kicker. I'm sorry. I don't know what Pittsburgh was doing, kicking it short purposefully, I think, to DJ Dallas. They were like, let's see how far DJ can go past the 25 on this kickoff or something. <laughs> it was kind of yeah. weird. But if they kicked it deep into the end zone or out of bounds, which uh, is, you know, I don't like that one as much. No time runs off the clock. So the Pits- Pittsburgh gets the ball wherever they start. Yeah. And they run a play and the two minute warm clock stops. And then yeah. you still have your two timeouts. Instead, they kicked it. Pittsburgh's already fairly deep in, in t- Seattle territory. And they throw right. a pass because the whole field is open. It's like we can do whatever we want to on this. Yeah. Because what the worst case is I, we, we run for 10 yards and we kick a field, try a field goal. It's like yeah. it was horrible clock management. I, I had touched on it briefly talking about, you know, the studs because obviously Jason Myers was one of the few studs they had. He did his damn job. And but touched on the fact that, you know, that onside kicks are virtually uh, non-existent this season. And then you did a better job of going further in depth and talking about just the absolute stupidity of that decision. Thanks, Pete, for doing that. But even more so, you know what that tells me is like Pete absolutely, absolutely did not trust the defense to stop Pittsburgh from their own 25. Yeah. As opposed to. I'm going to take a gamble because I'm sure Pete has some vague awareness that onside kicks are not likely to work. Even if he didn't know, it's like, well, you got a 97% chance of just giving it to Pittsburgh at this point. <clears throat> but he had to know that mm, this is not a really good percentage play, right? And he still yeah. chose to do that rather than trusted defense to stop Pittsburgh. I think that's what we, what we boiled down to. He so, just he like, costs his team. Yeah. All the time, because uh, for people who I'm making it confusing, if they kick it out in, deep in the end zone, it's 201 left. Right. The clock doesn't start until Pittsburgh snaps the ball offensively and the two minute warning. They do the onside kick. It goes under two minutes. <laughs> Excuse me. And that's the two minute warning. You've lost that timeout. So exactly. then whatever you do, you still only can stop the clock twice. So very little. I mean, even if Pittsburgh doesn't throw a pass and get downfield. They still are basically going to run out. The, it was just ungodly. Yeah. It was like a rookie coach. Yeah. I feel like, was Nathaniel Hackett coaching this game at the end or something? Because it was like, Pete Carroll should know better yeah. than that. It, it didn't make any sense. Did not make any sense at all. Even if, you know, even if the, the chances were like 60, not 60, but say 40% chance we recover the onside kick. It was like, even then you have to think, hmm. It still tells me is like I do not trust our defense to get the stop. And there was and, virtually and no chance. There was virtually no chance 
of the, of that working. And he still decided, just like, nope, my defense can't get a stop. It's like, I got to make this desperation move and hope to God we recover the ball. Uh, yeah. If I'm on the defense, I'm kind of thinking, I'm kind of thinking, shit. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And I should be thinking, it's like, he's right. <laughs> and the thing is, with week 18, I have zero faith that defense is going to be any better because the Cardinals do exactly what the Pittsburgh Steelers do. Yeah. They run the ball a lot, they and the they're quarterback, and they have a better quarterback. Then I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Kyler Murray, but I think he's a better quarterback than Mason Rudolph because he can run. He can so run the ball. Uh, yeah. And that, and that's been, that's been a critical flaw for. The, Seattle all year long is like even quarterbacks that can't run that well have run the ball against them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, good. Now you're going to try to step Kyler Murray. Okay, fun. Good luck with that. Yeah. I just, and I mean, and they, notably, they, they didn't play against Kyler Murray the first time around. And again, not th- I think Kyler Murray's a pretty crappy quarterback, honestly. But yeah, I don't, I don't his, think, I, he's like Justin Fields. He when he throws, he's not. But yeah, he, his, he has he can his still skill set. On the ground. His skill set is exactly what the Seahawks do not need to see this time around. Right. Because they can't stop running quarterbacks. Well, they can't, and they can't stop running running backs. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and the exactly. Cardinals run. I mean, they have what, 468 yards against the an Eagles. I mean, I know that people yeah. are, oh, the Steelers or the Seahawks beat the Eagles too. Yeah, but they didn't have 468 total yards. Right. And they didn't have 35 points. And that one, and one of those touchdowns was a gift from Murray to the Eagles when they ran the interception back. So the game was really 35-24 when you look at it. In terms of offense, yeah, I, I, I don't see them. I, I mean, they're they're gonna lose their final two games, I think. Um, I mean, the, the Cardinals have to be thinking. First of all, the Seahawks are have very little 
uh, you know, confidence defensively going into the game. So right. they're already like, oh, we lost. You know, that's that's defeating in itself. The Cardinals are like, nobody expected us, and we're actually starting to play pretty well. The one thing we can do still, even though we get to go home after the game, is beat the Seahawks. Make sure they don't make the playoffs. Or, uh, right, right. And, and typically, oh. typically, other than the past couple seasons, I mean, the Cardinals have always been – it's a division game, and it's always been tough yeah, for the Hawks. True, even, true. Even, even when the Cardinals have been lousy, they've been tough against the Seahawks. But if the Seahawks lose their final two games, that means they would have gone three and seven in their last ten games. That is ridiculously mm-hmm. bad. <laughs> yeah. Because it's not like they, they lost Nusu. So I guess losing Nusu just destroyed the season. Nusu's a great player, but that shouldn't happen. Mm, no to some, losing. To some extent, that's what, and it shouldn't happen. Absolutely no, I mean, I'm right. kind of half joking. That sh- that's not what happened, but somebody could be like, okay, ever since we lost Nusu, we're well, no, seven. That's pretty much true, though. Because they were five and two, and then he gets hurt. What's in that really seventh game. What's really odd to me is like that that they're no longer leading the league in sacks. Because uh, surely someone got more than three sacks this past weekend. I didn't look, but I'm sure they're not. 48 sacks, 47 were against the Giants. But they're still. <laughs> but they're close to the lead in sacks, and they were leading the league in sacks before the Steelers game. Is like, and yet their defense was piss poor. Yeah, because they had yes. ten. Then they have ten against the Giants. Eleven. So that's twenty. At least twenty-five percent of your sacks came in one game. Yeah. Which goes to show how misleading that but, sat, but, sack but, statistic but, is. But but even even averaging three sacks a game, which is like yeah, I was writing about it before. Is like if they just do this, then they, they'll hit the sixty-two, which I figured they would get. And if they hadn't lost Nusu, they would have. But <sighs> doesn't matter. Their defense still would yeah, probably they don't get be consistent pretty pressure. pedestrian. Exactly. It's not about the sacks. It's about the pressure. And it's got to be yeah. consistent. And Which is why when we probably both look at pro football f- reference or pro yeah pro football reference. I mean, I look at sacks, but I'm looking at the advanced statistics. How many yeah. hurry percentage? What's the pressure percentage? Because that's right. really what matters. That's how yeah. sacks are going to happen. But a quarterback's like, oh, I dropped back 10 times. They sacked me once. Okay. But if I drop back 10 times, I'm under pressure seven times. That's going to affect mm-hmm. the way I play. Yeah. How often, and, how often was Gino under pressure? I think 40% of the time he was yeah. under pressure. 46%. And people still and, blame Gino for and that Rudolph, one fumble. And, and Mason Rudolph was under pressure, I think, like 26% or 21%. It was like, that's because they dude. have Boye Mafe, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, except for Leonard Williams, but that's a defensive line position. But Daryl Taylor has been a waste all season. He can't even do the one thing he was good at before. Daryl Taylor, he's been a waste his entire career in the NFL. Yeah, but at least I mean, he got nine and a half. I mean, I, and we know that they were spread out, but at least he right. would randomly. I mean, he hasn't had a sack in what five or six games at this point. Like, but but like we were just saying is like sacks. Sacks are great, but how many total pressure? And he's not doing anything else. And you can't af- you can't afford unless you're getting twenty sacks. A season you can't afford to just have a guy who does one damn thing right. and he doesn't do that consistently enough it's like he gets half of his sacks in a third of his games which is great yeah. it's like oh yeah three and a half sacks that's amazing if what'd you that, do in the other game more than that what'd you do in the other game what'd you do in the other game it's like oh he had a tackle ah, good job he's in there for or 35 didn't, snaps he didn't show up for four games where he didn't have a stat which is what happened yeah, last year he's, i mean awesome college player uh, i'm Ball for life and all that stuff. Absolutely. But it's like he's been a, a waste as a pro player. Absolute waste. I mean, or maybe it's just he always should have been a situational player. Yeah. Like very situational. Yeah, and, I mean, 
and the Seahawks until recently they have not they finally realized it's like you know what he can't do any damn thing except occasionally get to the quarterback so well yeah, and then no Newsom got hurt and Taylor had to play more right. and Derek Hall's had a terrible rookie season hopefully he'll be better next year but yes that's that's it I mean they got Dre Jones lining up opposite Mafe yeah. so I guess technically it's almost like a but like a two four five they're running um but it's Jones isn't isn't hasn't proved his no. contract either. No, Jones Jones needs to be gone. Uh, I, I mean, Julian Love making the Pro Bowl to me was, and I wrote the, about this earlier today, but Julian Love making the Pro Bowl is a, a damning indictment of Clint Hurt because they he was losing snaps to Jamal Adams when yeah. Jamal Adams came back from injury, and yeah. Julian Love is your pro one of your Pro Bowl players. You're right, absolutely correct. Which is, I don't know, a shame. But um, I've got an article coming out tomorrow just about free agents they could pick up defensively. And I didn't realize, it just, and no offense to Will Disley, and they probably have to keep him because they're going to lose all their other tight ends. But his if they his contract, would they would save $7 million. Adams is $6 million, And uh, Diggs is $11 million, So that's $24 million they would save just in those yeah. three contracts. I mean, they've got to make moves because they only have $4 million right. currently. And they do you don't think Diggs or Adams back? I was just going to ask you, do you think, because Diggs has definitely played better since he's not having to basically better, play, play for Jew, for Adams since he actually has a guy who can play the position. Uh, so, okay, so there's your answer. They should, that is a lot of money. And he it's has too much money. Yeah, even if he off. was, even if he was good and he's about to turn what, 31 or 32, yeah. $11 million to, in, in cap savings is just too much to pass up. Yeah. If if they keep, I, I think they'll keep Jamal Adams just based on what they've said this week, which is, I don't get it, man. I mean, even I if your dead cap is $20 million, release the guy. You can't count on him to be healthy ever. And no offense look, to Jamal Adams. I mean, look, look, what Denver's, hurt, look what Denver invested. I mean, people talk about, oh, they invested a lot in, in Adams and Bob. They, they did, but they didn't invest nearly what the Broncos invested in, in um, Russell, uh, Wilson, yeah. Russell Wilson. And they're, they're realizing it's like, okay, we got to just like eat, eat it. You got to eat the contract and say goodbye because it didn't work. And it didn't. Mark Schlereth, by the way, is what I couldn't remember last podcast. Ah, yeah, 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 that guy. Um, if he, if Mr. Schlereth, if he had a name I could pronounce, we would have said it yesterday. <laughs> uh, yeah. We with my name, like I'm calling the guy out. But uh, yeah, I, it doesn't make any more sense. And it goes back to Pete's, Pete's, one of Pete's biggest strengths, and as you have said this before, probably 17 years ago, is also one of his basic weak, basic biggest. I had too much beer. Weaknesses is his loyalty. Yeah, he's loyal to his players. Loyal to his that They need to fire the guy because he's too loyal. <laughs> it's like Adams. I, up until this season, it's like I was defending. I was defending Adams well into this season, but he just hasn't produced. He hasn't done what he what he normally would do and whether that's his knee because that's what pete says it is he never really came back it's like well what makes you think he's going to come back for next year yeah there's exactly. no exactly it think could that, just pete. be he's done just cut your losses and it sucks because and here's and the issue with me and i'm pretty sure it's your issue with adams as well is like up until this season he was so pro team and he was out there all the time and what happened this season he didn't even go to the game yeah, well, he went and went home when he found out he wasn't going to play. Either way, you know, and which that is would, worse, worse. Right, exactly. It would even be worse. Like, dude, what are you doing? 
Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, how, I, you how know, we're up there for your team. We're both in our 80s, and, and you know, I'm half joking, but if Jamal Adams, and again, no, he's a human being, and injuries take their toll, so this is no offense to Jamal Adams, but when we were watching football in 1978, and Adams had an, he would never play again. He He's no. done. But now, because, you know, you peel the players they, came back all the time, but that they, still doesn't ever mean you're going to be 100% again. They probably would have released him during the season, even if he was during injured. The game. Because oh, he's then being carted then, off and he's been released from the because team. Because back or, then, I don't think the NFLPA stopped you from doing that. Which, speaking of uh, the whole thing with back back to Russell Wilson and, and for Jamal Adams is Daryl Stingley. <laughs> God, that was cold. Uh, that they uh, and he claims that they said is like, oh, we, if you don't uh, rework your contract, you know, we're going to let you go. This is all the way back in week eight. And NFLPA said, it's like, yeah, that's illegal. You can't do it. It's like, well, why is it legal now? Right. With two weeks, that doesn't make – and maybe it is because I don't know the ins and outs of the, the intricacies of the contract. Maybe he's like, oh, well, within a few weeks you can do it, which wouldn't make any damn sense. That's why I, – did they really yeah, see – that, that just seems really odd. It seems odd that they would have said that back, back then. Yeah. And, and then not follow up on it. And it makes sense the NFLPA step, stepped in and said, uh, you can't do that. So and then they didn't do it, but now they did it anyway. Like, yeah, what? it doesn't. Uh, yeah. I don't understand the. It's like you don't. You're gonna release them. In Russell Wilson's case, you're gonna release them, and you don't want to play him because then it's all. I mean, it's all about the money. Because if he gets yeah. hurt, right, right, and that he, makes sense. But he's gonna make money either way because of the way you've screwed yourself in the contract. Yeah. And I'm sorry if I'm Russell Wilson. I'm saying, hell no, I'm not reworking my deal. You. I, I exactly. have a short career in the NFL. Exactly. Um, I'm not going to get paid my entire contract as it is. And you're asking me, you know, even in, there's no guarantee I would ever make all my contract because of all the, all the incentives. But yeah. if you come to me as a major my multi-billion dollar company, which is what the Broncos are, and say, hey, can you take a – no, mm-hmm. screw you. This is my yeah. livelihood. Exactly. You know, and and I think Russell Wilson is borderline kind of crappy for the the, the crap he was trying to pull in in this with the Seahawks and stuff. But he didn't he didn't I don't think he held a gun to anybody's head in Denver and said you're going to give me this contract. You chose to do that. Yeah, hundred percent. That was like, their choice. Then deal with it. Yeah, I'd Why be like, okay, you? well, um, uh, I. I, I can you, okay, so keep me around for 10 more years and keep paying me. Uh, and then, you know, maybe then I'll decrease my pay and we can spread it out over a, a number of years. But it's like, I mean, the team has all the power. You're you're gone. We'll eat the $85 million because it's like, again, we're a multi-billion dollar company. What do we care really long term? But it's like, oh, can you reduce your – screw you. Screw you. You're the man. I'm, I'm just the peon really, even though I'm Russell Wilson in this case. I'm still a peon compared to the owners of the team. I mean, we look at players who now own teams, and we look at David Beckham buys an MLS team. He couldn't afford to buy an English Premier League team. I mean, we look at Magic Johnson has to have tons of, and how much, how many millions of those guys made? Even Michael Jordan, he owned, but he's not a majority owner of the team. It's just, it's crazy. They're still peons. Are you still there? Have you dropped off? Oh yeah, I'm um, accidentally muted myself. Sorry about that. Oh, but yeah, exactly. I was the, like, the, the, the crazy totally thing is, disagreed about Russell Will. He <laughs> hates me now. I was, the crazy must have thing upset is, him. It's like people 
You know, it's like, oh, but he's a multimillionaire. Yeah, he is. And someone signs those checks. Yeah. And people always seem to forget that there's someone who has a hell of a lot more hell money. Hell of a lot him. more money. That's right. And he, that person, the like, pe- person with the more money, they're in charge. Orders, orders of magnitude more money yeah. than, than, than Wilson. It's yeah, like, they signed the contract. You need to pay him. You think about it. I mean, the whole the whole system's weird because it's like, uh, okay, there's the owner of the team who's a billionaire, obviously. They're not millionaires. They're billionaires who have a lot more money than the quarterback. But the quarterback is taking direction from the coach who makes a lot less money than the quarterback. It's yep. really weird. It is weird. It's very, but very weird. I don't know. Anyway, so we'll we'll finish the show with uh, Rob Gordon's. Um, and we won't go into long 45-minute detail about this. But, Todd, do you want to tell people what our Rob Gordon's are this week? You should tell the people what the Rob Gordon's are this week because you came with the category. But I'll tell them anyway. The five things for this week are... Five dream jobs that we wish we could attain, not in dreams, but in real life. But we dream about this in real life all the time, sometimes. Sometimes, many times. Uh, okay, I'll go first. Number five for me. I don't have any honorable <laughs> mentions. I mean, I could have tons, but uh, I didn't. Have any. Um, honorable mention. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Lee, number five. Number five for me is uh, a beer critic, but one who travels the world being a Ooh, beer I- critic. And like then has like a, a, a like a book. I write books, and they come out, and they sell well. I like that. I like that. I did had I did have an honorable mention. It's paleobiologist, but it's too late. It's actually a paleobiologist. Is that paleo paleo paleobiologist? Uh, but it's too damn late, as I said. Uh, that your dream job ties in with mine. Hopefully, you would visit my tavern because that is one of my dream jobs. Would be to attend be a tavern over owner and also have a microbrewery but then i would bring in beers from all over the world and you could bring your book and sell them yeah, and underground them at the tavern it's true it'll autographs be, are so weird i was thinking be, about that the I've other day never i've never collected an autograph in my life other than on ownership's checks i don't i don't remember if i have i mean if i was a small kid i don't remember i know that uh, like university of tennessee which i'm close and fairly closely uh, located to or same thing with Washington. When I lived in Seattle yeah. across the street from Washington, university of Washington, people get so worked up and to me. It's creepy as hell, but they get worked up about, <laughs> Oh, I got to go to the orange and white game to have these players sign. Those, they're 19 and 20 year old kids. That's yeah. creepy to me. That's it's weird. like, it's they're college kids. I mean, I know they're playing. Some of yeah. them are making millions of dollars now, but they're still college kids. And it's just yeah. weird. Um, or you could, of, be, you could be like a former coworker of ours who just had and forged a uh, one of her child, child's favorite players signature on something, so he'd be happy. He's like, that's nice. Oh, I don't, anyway, don't know. Mm, you remember that? Anyway, we'll talk about that in post pro. Um, you're number yeah, two. So, uh, oh, I, did, I uh, number four for me. Um, but yeah. uh, I I do have an honorable mention, which I forgot, which is a record store owner. But it would need to be. Uh, that's an honorable mention. Yeah, oh I think God. so. Uh, well, number four for me, I thought about this. It's just very generic, but it it would give me creative control, which is what I, I need to have in my life, um, is movie director. <laughs> number four for me is movie Ooh, director. Oh, I like that. Uh, now I, I like could it. do whatever I want. I would be like Jordan Peele, that kind of movie director. I like that. Or well, Wes that, Anderson. That ties in with my number four because that would be a film critic, and then I could write a bunch of films and say, what god-awful piece of dreck has vowel come up with? Exactly. <laughs> Plan nine from outer space, number five. Um, <laughs> I would pay to see that. Still, Val six best friend. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so wow, that, that did tie in. That's kind of weird. Um, that is num- weird. 
number three for me is very specific. It's uh, being a uh, a writer, a music writer for New Musical Express in the early 80s in England. That's quite specific. Yeah, that way uh, I cover all the new wave post-punk bands uh, just when it starts. Mine, mine is much more generic. Uh, it's, uh, but it's a writing. It's a sports writer. And actually, I'm not making a lot of money to it, but I, I'm a professional sports writer. I, you, I, you get paid. I make seventeen, eighteen dollars a year, so it's it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> actually, that's, we, that, that's based on my work. It's not based on you know the, to, the payout. To be fair, you a lot of months you make number two, quite a bit more than that. Number two, yeah. I mean, more than yeah, yeah, seventeen yeah. or eighteen dollars. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. That's what I do for a living. Is, is I was just telling my significant other, who is my wife. Oh, you want to keep keep that ninety-three dollars extra secret? I got you. Beer I, money. I sweetheart. That one week I had the one week. That one month I had the article. And that one article alone was like three hundred some dollars. Yeah, no, it was yeah. crazy when you think yeah. about it that way. Yeah. Um, number two for me is, and this is gonna change some lives. Okay. So I used to say this uh, when I was younger. Number one for me is clear number one, and it and it's specific. But um, uh, number two for me is first base for the Seattle Mariners instead of the Los oh, Angeles Dodgers. Oh, it did Dodgers. change. It did change. Yeah. Huh. Well, because I'm not as good as Freddie Freeman, and the Mariners need a first baseman. Oh, there you go. That makes sense. Uh, my Plus number I get two. to live in Seattle. I don't want to live in Los Angeles. First, I tied back to my number three because then I would write about the ineptitude of the new Mariners first baseman. That's right. Like, what is this guy? Left-handed. Oh, 27th error of the inning. <laughs> what the hell? Bats 120, um, slugging of 87. I don't even know how that's possible. Oh, my God. It's Pete Rose. Um, my number my, my number two is, is – I'm, I'm working on this. I actually have two going at once, but they're going very slowly – is a novelist. And, and my note to my, my note to myself is get back to work, son. So, <laughs> yeah, I need to I need to get back to work on that. Um, number which, number number two for me was going to be novelist with Hemingway shotgun. But I decided not to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> didn't didn't go there. Mm. Uh, no, uh, you didn't go there at all. <laughs> so number, number one, I would have to be younger. I'd have to be in my 20s or 30s. Um, but number one for me and this if I could live my life over and turn out to be exactly what I wanted it to be. The perfect world dream job is to be a top five ranked ATP player for years and be dating Maria Sharapova. That's quite specific and totally understandable. Um, my number one is actually not my number one. It's the, it's the fifth one I thought of, but it would actually be like probably third. But like I said, it's the last one I thought of, so it, it pops up here. And this is highly specific, and we've talked about this several times. Seahawks quality control coach. <laughs> I, I would be I would be the guy with the Microsoft Surface set. Uh, K9's only gotten the ball seven times. We're in the third quarter. What's going on? <laughs> that pisses me off to no end. It's like we should run the ball more. Do it. Yeah, I've got a bold, you know, unlimited bold staff in the NFL. And you don't have someone who's doing that. It's like, stop bitching well, about it. Maybe like, they do and they're not listening is the issue. Um, and my, I've got bold predictions coming out in an hour from, from when we're recording this. It's going to be out, obviously, before people Love listen it. to it. And one of the bold predictions Kenneth for Week Walker. 18 Three, is Kenneth carries. Walker. <laughs> no, it's a bold prediction. Um, bold, uh, it's like, uh, but, but I look back and, you know, the last several last games of the year, Seattle has been like, oh, you know what? We should probably run, try to run the ball. Well, see if that works. 
We haven't done that all year. And then Rashad Penny goes off for 190 yeah, two years yeah. ago. And then Walker. So uh, one of my bold predictions is uh, Walker gets 200 yards rushing because the Cardinals are god awful on stopping the run, too. Um, <laughs> but that he has like 29 carries. So it's like, oh, my gosh. Well, if he's healthy, he could do it. He's yeah, and he's, I think he's been healthy. He hasn't been the issue. I mean, he, he hesitates at the line too much, but that hasn't been the issue. It's just like, give the guy the freaking ball. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. You know what's going to happen? Is it gonna, it's going to be a close game. Come out the second half, three straight throws. Throw, 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 throw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, and it has nothing to do with, oh, Gino can't get the job done. It's like, you don't establish the run like Pete Carroll swears to God is is what was yep. tattooed on his stomach when he was born, but he doesn't ever do it or well, rarely does it. And I'm glad. And they just come up. out throwing. Yeah, I'm well in the show with this, but I was listening to Seattle Sports earlier today, and they had the analyst who's going to be covering the doing the the Washington Michigan game. Um, I guess we'll be enemies during that time, but the Washington Michigan game. Bitter. Um, Bitter. Uh, this coming week, and the guy, the analyst, was like. They're talking about Michael Penix, and they were like, oh, you know, when he, when he ends up, maybe he'll end up in Seattle. And the guy was like, in Seattle, um, I, I don't want him to go to that offense. And, you know, they, they run the ball like 37 times a game. And he almost sounded serious. What? And Yeah, almost sounded serious. And then, you know, that was one of the last things. And then Hewitt, Brock Hewitt never does this. But after, in their next little segment, after the guy was gone, Brock Hewitt was like, yeah, I had to actually cut that guy off because he clearly doesn't know anything about Seahawks football. And I was like, Brock Hewitt never says that. But he was clearly honest because yeah. it's like that guy is no. he joking because that is they right. run the ball they throw the ball the six most in the league yep. for no reason yep again and, and it's because pe- pe- people copy into the because i'm trying to copy some stuff i'm multitasking and doing a horrible job of it they, they buy into the whole oh pete loves to run the ball because pete says he loves to run the ball but pete doesn't run the ball yeah, <laughs> like, I, it's, and it's like you with the Dolphins, you know, I mean, I, I, your, your team, uh, your first team um, and, you know, it's like you, second team. Well, no, I mean, yeah. first team, like when you're growing up, yeah, 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 maybe the Lions, I don't know. But um, uh, anyway, the Dolphins, uh, Mike McDaniel's great. You know, they oh, the Dolphins, do they throw it deep? Actually, you know, actually, my first team was the Decatur Staley's, but um, yeah, continue. Um, <clears throat> my first team was the Steelers in the early 70s. Terry Bradshaw. He was a rookie. No, I'm just kidding. But he was just early into his career. But anyway, and they, they throw the ball deep to Waddle and, and Tyreek Hill, right? And it's like, oh, they right. love throwing the ball. Why do they throw the ball deep? Because they run the ball so well. Exactly. And, and, who and runs, that's what you have runs, to do. Who runs the ball? I, Dolphins, I don't know off the top of my head, but they're at least among the top rushing teams in, in the league. And, and, and it's like, should be. And, and why? Well, for one thing, because they can do it. But the other thing is, because it, it opens up the deep ball. Yes. And what and do they Pete do when they run? The they're time. not just running it up the middle. They're creatively running right. the ball. Right. And Pete says that all the time. It's like, you got to run the ball because that opens up the deep ball. It's like, yes, Pete, do it. Run yeah. the town ball because, yes, it will open. And, and if that's really your philosophy and your offensive coordinator is not doing it, fire the offensive coordinator. That's your job. I know. I just it's it's mind boggling sometimes. Anyway. anyway, that's uh, that's our bitch section section bitch session for this week. Thanks for tuning in. Tune in next week when we talk a wonderful win for the Green Bay Packers. Why are you the worst?
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.